off with verse number 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We want to read just a few verses, and then we're going to get going towards our message today. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter number 3. We're going to do that, and then we're going to get into the word. We got a lot of word. Amen. The Bible says you don't live by bread. You got to live by the word. Amen. Amen. Everything you get in life comes through the word. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and let's start reading with verse 4. Uh, yeah, we stay at 5. You at 5, let's stay there. 2 Corinthians chapter number 3 and verse 5. We want to read that because that is our series. All right, that's for our series. And then we're going to go to, uh, we're going to read that down to verse number uh, verse 11. We're just going to do that. Let's read. And such trust have we through Christ to God. With now in verse 5 says, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God who also has made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Don't, re- don't forget that. The letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Verse 7 says, But if the ministration of death, written and engraved in stone, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses, for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away. How shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more does the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect by reason of the glory that excelleth. For if that which was, is done away was glorious, much more that which remaineth is glorious. Now we're going to go to the book of Genesis as we get our subject for today. Genesis, and we're going to look at chapter number uh, two. Let's start with two today. From the book of Genesis, and we want to look at verse seven through nine. We're going to start there. Genesis chapter two, we're going to look at verse seven through verse number nine. When you get there, say amen. amen. And verse 7, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Out of the garden, out of the ground, the Lord God made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. All right, now we're going to go down and look at verse 15, 16, and 17. So we see in verse 9, in the garden was the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. All right, now in verse number 15 says, And the Lord God took the man 
and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat it, for in the day that you eat thereof thou shalt surely die. Okay? Now, in Genesis chapter 3, we're going to just do this before we go on. Just shut that down. I don't want to have to set it. Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter number 3. And verse number 1. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God hath made. And he said to the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of it, every, eat, eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die, for God does know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, you shall be as God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to her eyes, and a tree to desire to make one wise, she desired of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also to her husband with her, and he did eat. All right, now we're going to pray. Now, Heavenly Father, we come in the precious blood of our Lord Jesus. We thank you now for your grace, for your mercy, for your love, for your Holy Spirit. And now we ask that you will lead us and guide us. We thank you for eternal life. Thank you for your kingdom, your righteousness, your peace, your joy, and the Holy Spirit. Now we thank you for your Holy Ghost teaching us and leading us and guiding us and helping us in Jesus' name. Everyone agree with that prayer today, amen. amen. All right, thank you very much. All right, now what I want to do today is to continue. Uh, we have to continue. We're already in the, midst, in the middle of a teaching. Uh, we had just started the series, and on this series, we have just gotten to a certain point. But I, my job as a pastor is to, is to minister the word of God to you so this won't happen to you. That is, that is my ultimate goal, that this won't happen to you. You know, I've seen a lot of things in 40 years. A lot of things in 40 years. And the greatest thing that I have seen in the word of God is the word of God is, is your life. It's not just... Some I want to do sometime and sometime I don't want to do. The Bible says, he that finds a wife. In the word of God, the word wife means the word. Finds a good thing. And then when you find the word, you obtain favor of the Lord. I like to put it this way. He that finds the word, find life. Because all that the word is, is when you find the word, you find life. So what I want to do today, I want to uh, minister because I've been teaching on uh, in the second volume that we have just taught. We finished that volume. We talked about how the Lord Jesus crushed the serpent head. So the, the Satan himself has been destroyed, defeated, abolished. But we have to understand that there are spirits of that. There are spirits of Satan. There are spirits. We know that. But at the same time, our followers, whatever you want to put it. Then we talked about how did the serpent deceive Eve? 
Because I really believe if I can find out how the serpent deceived Eve, then I can make sure that the people that I pass is not deceived. Amen. Now, the next thing I said to you, I showed you how she was deceived. The woman ate of the wrong tree. He told you how the woman was deceived. She ate of the wrong tree. Because in the garden, there was a tree of life, and there was a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So now, I, it brings me to my volume number four, is what we are now. And then I said to you last week, on part one and two, volume four, I said, if you eat the tree of life, you'll live forever. Now, so let's go back there, Genesis chapter number three. We're going to start reading verse 22. God showed us how to live forever. My point is, I don't think we take this as serious, the word that is. We think things just happens, but they don't just happen. It's no different than physically. If you feed your body the wrong thing physically, after a while you're going to get sick. Because you gave your body the wrong thing so long. It's no different with the word. Now, the word of God is just not everything in the word of God is okay for me to eat. That's not good. Because you got to understand something that it just told me in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 when I just said to you that the letter killeth. So then I got to know what the letter is. The, word, the letter means the law. So there's something in this book you can eat and it'll kill you. Just like God said to Eve, the day you eat them, you shall surely die. And what God told her not to eat was the letter of the law. Because that's what it was. If you, how do I know that? Because the word of God plainly said to me, it was a tree to be desired to make one wise. And when you get into the word of God, I'm going to show you in Deuteronomy chapter 4. Matter of fact, we just go there now. After I do this, uh, Genesis chapter uh, 3 and the last three verses, I'm going to show you. It was a tree to be desired. Desired to make one wise. That, that is what the Old Testament did. It made you wise. The New Testament is not to make you wise. Oh, this is going to be good. My message today is Christ is the wisdom of God, comma, tree of life. Christ is the wisdom of God, comma, tree of life. So I'm telling you what the wisdom of God is. She ate the wrong tree means she ate the wrong wisdom. People going to church every Sunday don't understand this principle. You just can't go any church you want to go to and get the wisdom of God. It's not going to happen. Matter of fact, you know that way as in the supermarket. You just can't go. You don't just go and shop supermarket any supermarket. Some supermarket, you won't even buy their food. Wonder why. All right, now, so we need to look at the word of God. So we're going to look at this Genesis 3. We're going to look at 22, 23, 24. 
And then we're going to go to Proverbs 3.18. But we're going to not just do Proverbs 3.18. We're going to start verse, uh, in the book of Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13 through 18. So you want to write that in your notes. Now, let's go back to Genesis on the screen, 3.22. And the Lord God says, Behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil. And now, watch what happens. Lest he should, number one, put forth his hand. Number two, take also the tree of life. Number three, eat. Number four, live forever. So it was very simple. If he would take that tree of life, if he would eat, he would live forever. Do you understand that? Come on, I need you. Because my point is, if you agree with that, then you need to tell me if there anything else in the Bible that you can do to live forever. No one in the Bible told you to do something and live forever. Am, am I in the right church? Amen. Well, if you can't do nothing and live forever, you had to eat something and live forever. Now, how did Eve get in the situation? She didn't do something. She ate something. Now, if she ate her way in it, then you got to eat your way out of it. I mean, if, if you really can see that, you can know that you can't do nothing. So we live in a, we live in a day where man tell you, do this, and you'll have eternal life. Churches are packed with people are told to just do something and live forever. That's not in the Bible. Let me read it again. Genesis 3, 22. And the Lord God said to the man, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil, and now lest he should put forth his hand, take also the tree of life, eat, and live forever. Because we realize the word eat means to what in this church? To believe, everybody. If you'll start speaking it, you'll remember it. The word eat is to believe. So there's a script. Let me see if I find this. Look at Jeremiah. There's a script in Jeremiah. Some of you might know it off the, off the top of your head. You may get the Jeremiah 15, I think it is, 15, 16, something like that. If not, if you don't know it yet, mark in your Bible. The book of Jeremiah. Yeah, that's it. Jeremiah 15, 16. You know, you haven't put that in your Bible. I want you to mark that, okay? In Jeremiah 15, 16, watch what the Word of God says. Thy words were found. Now, first of all, you got to understand, you got to find the Word. That's what I said to you the first time. You got to do what? You got to find the Word. See, you're, you're, you're not living just because of who you are. You're living off of the word. The only thing really is alive is the word. See, yo, the word of God, that's why Christ had to come and die, buried and raised again from the dead, to give us life. Because he's the word. There's no life outside the word. See, if I talk to a fish, if I take him out of the water, what's going to happen to him? Why did he die? He had to live. That's his environment. 
So if your environment is the word, see, you got to understand, you got to know how do you live. You live by the word. If you ask a fish, if we take you out the water, what's going to happen to you? I'm going to die. Why? Because I was created in the water. That's my environment. You have to leave a person in the, in the environment. If they don't, they're going to die. See, my environment is, is spiritual. Your environment now is spiritual. It's not natural no more. All right. Now, Jeremiah 15, 16. Here we go. Jeremiah said, thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. So there wouldn't be no rejoicing in your heart without the word. For I'm called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. So that's a good verse you need to put in your word. You got to find the word, then you got to eat the word. If you don't, you're going to die. Spiritually. Okay, now, let's move on. I want to go back to, to Proverbs. Uh, I'm not going to read any more of that. We're going to go all the way back to Proverbs chapter 3. We're going to start verse 13. It's on the screen. Now, I'm going to be reading a lot today out of NLT, not right now. But not right now. Happy is the man that finds wisdom. Now, why is God saying that? Because I'm showing you now in the word of God. See, there's no tree. I can't find a tree that you go to it like Eve did and say, go to that tree and eat of that tree and you're going to live forever. But it's in the book. The Bible told you what the tree is. Every time you go to church, you need to be able to say, wait a minute. I'm not, I'm not going down that road. Because first of all, I want to live. Number one, I'm going to live forever, but right now I want to live. Because see, God came that he sent his son that I may have life and then have abundant life, right? Life more abundant. So I know why he came. He came so I can live. All right? Now, here in verse number 13, are you, are you in uh, Proverbs 3, 13? He said, happy is the man that findeth what? I started you all showing you, you had to find the word. Thy words were found, I did eat them. But happy is the man that findeth wisdom. Now, this is very important because he's going to tell you, and the man that get understanding. Well, once you get the wisdom, Proverbs 4, 7 said, wisdom is a principal thing, therefore get wisdom, but in all you're getting get." So we know understanding is the third dimension of God's power. You got wisdom, then you got knowledge, you got understanding. You can't get understanding until you first get wisdom. Okay. Now, in verse number four, or 14, I'm sorry. He said, for the merchandise of wisdom is better than the merchandise of silver. So gonna, he gets, he, who's reading this? Who's telling about this? Solomon, the wealthiest man on the face of the earth at that time. He's telling you, listen, I have all the silver and gold that I ever need. But if I had this right here, because see, you got to understand in Solomon's life, Solomon left God. God appealed to Solomon twice, and he still walked away from God and worshiped idols 
And you may look at people and say, oh, they'll never do that. Well, how do you know? You don't know what you'll do without the word. All right. He said the merchandise of wisdom is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof than fine gold. Wisdom is more precious than rubies. And all the things that can and you can desire is not even to be compared to wisdom, not the wisdom of God. Then he said, length of days, he telling you how you're going to get your long life. Length of days is in her right hand, wisdom. In her left hand are riches and honor. So you're going to get the long life and riches and honor. Wisdom said, I got it all. Now we're talking about a man, a person now, not just wisdom. We know who wisdom now, because I gave you my subject, Christ is the wisdom of God, right? Now, and then it says in verse 17, her ways are the ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. Then he says in verse 18, she's the tree of life. Now, a tree of life, it means she is the tree of life. So wisdom is the tree of life to them that laid hold on her. See, to, hold, to lay hold on something is in our language today, hold on to. See, it's not enough to get wisdom. You got to hold on to wisdom. All right, now, wisdom is a tree of life to them that lay hold on her. Happy is everyone that re retaineth her. So you're going to have to not only get wisdom, but you're going to have to hold on to it. So you have to understand something that another place I'm going to get next week, I'm not going to that today. But I'm showing you the wisdom side. Wisdom is a tree of life. Now, I'm going to do a, a lot of talking today from 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, 3 Corinthians. I'm going to read a lot of that today. But I'm trying to, I'm trying to build my case. I want to show you wisdom is, Christ is the wisdom of God. I want to show you that. And that makes Christ the tree of life. Now, let's go to the next thing that I want to show you is I gave you Genesis chapter 2 if you didn't get that earlier verse 7 through 9 15 through 17 then I gave you Genesis chapter 3 verse 5 through 7. Then I gave you Genesis 3, 3 22 through 24. Let's go to James in James chapter 3 verse 13 through 18 Remember what the woman says. The tree was to make one wise. When I get into the new covenant, I'm going to show you that God is not trying to make you wise in the new covenant. He's trying to teach you who wisdom is. Paul is not trying to make you wise. See, if, you, if you're thinking that, you missed it. Because in the old covenant, you got to understand that that's how Satan fell. You, you get me later. The reason Satan failed because of his wisdom. Because he was wise. And he got to a place where he didn't need God. But in the new covenant, God is trying to show you who wisdom is. And when you get him, You'll get wisdom. 
So this way you will never ever get to a place to think you know it all. See, in the new covenant, wisdom brings humility. But when old covenant, when you was wise, it brought pride. When you see people who believe they wise, that's the people Jesus Christ came up against, the one who thought they knew it all. And wisdom produced pride in their life. That's why Satan failed. But in the new covenant, God is trying to show you that you don't have to even know nothing in this kingdom. And once he put Christ in you, he makes you who you are. And you are not wise because of who you are. It's because of who's in you. So I hope you don't miss it. So nobody... Excuse me. Nobody can say that they don't have a fair share. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 9, I, by the grace of God, let me make sure I got the right verse, I always double check me there. By the grace of God, I am what I am. See, that's what God wants you to be in the new covenant. I can do all things, Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things, not that I'm strong, but through him that Strengthens me. He always gives the glory to the Lord. But when you start talking about how smart you are and how much wisdom you got, you glorying in yourself. You're not glorying the Lord. But by the grace of God, verse 10, I am what I am. And his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. I labored more abundant than they are. Oh, wait a minute. Yet not I. But the grace... See, everything that happened in your life is God's grace. All right, now, let's move on. So my whole point, I just showed you that the wisdom is the grace of God. Ain't that right? Now, not only that, that's God's wisdom is the tree of life. Now, I showed you that those in the garden, let's look at James. James chapter number 3 and verse 13 through 18. Now, in this earth, there are at least two trees we're dealing with. There are more than that, but at least two trees. We're going to talk about the two trees in the garden. One of those trees, both trees has a purpose. Only one have life. I just want you to understand. You can eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It's going to make you wise. But it won't give you life. I said there are two trees, but only one going to give you life. If he had eaten of the tree of life, he would have lived forever. Both trees didn't give you life. I mean, are you hearing me? So that you can go to a church. So what you want to understand, if the person ministering to you, how, you, how do you know will it give you life or not? How do you know? If you don't know the wisdom of God when you hear it, then you don't know. If it's not the wisdom of God, it's not going to give you life. See, that's why my heart goes out for so many people. That's why God blessed us to be able to get on uh, podcasts 
And in this church, we have offered you podcasts if you got a cell phone. You don't have to be on all that other junk on them. You can be listening to your podcast, listening to the messages free. Free. We offered it to this ministry. And then if you want to see it, you can hit open and take it to YouTube and you can see it on YouTube. Free. So you're not going to have no excuse. But the key is, if you don't get it, I'm telling you right now, all of our tapes, DVDs, and we send them out. Charlie, Charlie, Charlie do this every day. People have put in orders. 99.9% are the people who used to go here. Let me tell you something, in case you have not heard, there's not many places you're going to find the gospel of Christ preached. And I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back. I'm talking about after 40 years, most people don't know how to be saved. They don't know how to be saved. They're in religion. They're trapped. Don't even know how to be saved. And they're trapped inside of religion. And you got to understand something. If you don't know, you can't help nobody. Please hear my heart. Please hear my heart. If you don't know yourself, how are you going to help somebody? If you don't know, you're going to be deceived. You're going to find yourself following somebody who don't even know the word. You'll go to church, but you won't have eternal life. Now, James is going to give you two wisdom. Who's a wise man and do it with knowledge among you? Let him short of a good conversation, the conversations of your lifestyle. His work with meekness of wisdom. God, look at his life and you will know does he have the wisdom of God because of the choices he's going to make. And I'm going to show you in the word of God, your choices will determine your wisdom. See, when you have the wisdom of God, it's humility. It's not pride. When you got the wisdom of God, it's not you. It's others. You ain't got to say nothing. See, you watch the decisions people make in their life. It's not for others. It's for themselves. The wisdom of God always for others. That's why Christ is the wisdom of God. Christ did not die for himself. He did not bury, he was not buried for himself. He did not rise from the dead for himself. He died, buried, and raised again for you and me. That's the wisdom of God. The love of God, the same way, if I read 1 Corinthians 13, it'll tell you the love of God is always for others. Every decision you make, I'm, I'm going to take you through some words today if you got some time. Look what James says. Now, James did not minister to the Gentile. James ministered to the church of God. But he says, who is a wise man among you and do it with knowledge among you? Let him short of a good conversation, his work with meekness of wisdom. Then he said, but, I, but if you have bitter envy, strife in your heart, glory not and lie not against the truth, otherwise you don't have the truth in you. This wisdom, 
So he called, you know how, the truth in you, this wisdom. So he's letting you know that what they learned was a wisdom, but it wasn't the truth. Now, if I ask you what is the truth in this church, then you should be able to tell me. Now, I hear a man over here, the truck. I call him the truck here. He, he's with us today for the weekend, the truck. The truck, what is the wisdom? The revealed word. So you go here, you got to know that everything in the Bible is not the revealed word. Only one man in your Bible preached the revealed word, and that's Paul. See, there is a manifested word, and there is a revealed word. So you got to know when you're going to listen to somebody, what are you getting? Do you know what you're getting? See, this, this word of God here, you can't just go in the store, in the bookstore and get it. Matter of fact, you can buy all the Bibles, and I got all, pretty much every Bible that you can buy. And that's what I do. I go in Bibles and I look at the concordance and I'm trying to find out which one of these guys know. Wrote a whole Bible, still got a concordance to let you know you didn't know what you were doing. Should have never put a concordance in it because once I read it, I know you don't know. See, we, we in a, if you don't get the word, whoo, man, I'm telling you, the Holy, Holy Spirit has had me meditating on this all night. He said, look, son, there are two trees, but only one going to give you life. So James is going to pick this up. Let's go back to James. In James chapter 3, he says, this wisdom descended not from above. He's crying out to the people. Listen, you listen to that man, but that wisdom is coming out of him. It's not from heaven. It's not from above. We go to Hebrew after this. It's earthly. He said the wisdom that's coming out of that person is earthly. It's coming out of his senses. It's sensual. It's coming out of his old nature. It's devilish. And it's going to kill you. It didn't come from above. When you go into a church, you're supposed to know what you're supposed to be getting. If you don't know, you'll eat anywhere, anybody cooking. That's what Paul told the, told the church. He said, that's the whole problem I got with you. You believe everything people tell you. Now watch this. He's going to tell them again in the next verse. He said, For where envy and strife is, there's confusion in every evil work. Otherwise, that's where Satan works. He works in the midst of confusion. But the wisdom that's from above, so now he has given you another wisdom. There's a wisdom from God, there's a wisdom from man, the wisdom of this world. So he's beginning to show you, this, this is Paul's message. This is what Paul taught, because he had to reveal word. So he was able to say to those people, that ain't God's wisdom. See, if you got the revelation of the mystery, you know God's wisdom when you hear it. It's from above, it's pure. Watch what he said. The wisdom from above is pure. First, it's pure. 
You cannot have a vessel that's not pure and got wisdom coming out of it that is pure. So you better first check the person's life. Know them that labor money. And people don't want to do that. They hear preachers, I've had preachers, hear preachers say this. That's not your business. Oh, no, no, no. If you're teaching me the word, you my pastor, that's my business. Because I got to sit here under you and eat from you every week. It is my business. And people will sit up in a church and go to churches where pastors who smoke and drink and don't think nothing of it. First pure. The first thing God said is, be holy. That was Jeremiah's problem. The first thing God tells the Jeremiah is, you cannot speak for me until the heart's clean. You can't, how you gonna speak for God? And the vessel ain't even clean. And people just take, Somebody can find it. I'll read it to you. Somebody can find it. Jeremiah, he said, told Jeremiah, said, Jeremiah says he won't speak for God. He said, told him, look, told him, you, something, some things you got to do first. We'll get to it. You can find it for me later. I'll get to it. The wisdom that's from above is first pure, then is peaceable. That's God's wisdom. The person has to have peace in their life. How can I have turmoil in my life and speak peace to you? He's trying to tell you, you need to look at the tree you're eating from. The, if you're eating from the right tree, that be, you'll see gentleness. You'll see a person that's easy to get along with, easily being treated, full of mercy, good fruits, a person who's not partial, a person who's not a hypocrite, hypocrisy. See, that's the tree. Look at the tree. I'm your pastor. I'm the tree. So you don't want to eat from somebody who don't qualify. People go sits up in churches and they just, just okay, it's, you're dying. They're dying. The, the man is keep running. You got people invested in this city with another new funeral home. Probably got six now, seven. They've got to know something. That's why I told the guy that at the funeral home, he said, man, we haven't seen you in a while. I said, good, we're in a different business, brother. <laughs> we're in a different business. He said, if you see me, I told him, you see me over here all the time, something got to be wrong. See, me and you can't even hang together, brother. How you doing? <laughs> different business. My job is to keep the people from you. That's the wisdom. James told us what the wisdom. That's that just another. We're just going to move on. So James gave, James gave us the wisdom, but I, I want to get into something because it's going to take us into the Word of God. Let's go to Hebrew 12 and 22. Uh, we're going to read that down to verse 29. I'm going to key on verse 25. That Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22 through 29, and verse 25 is going to be a key verse. From here, we're going to get into a little more seriousness. Now, I don't think we can get no serious in this, but we're going for it. I want to go back to Deuteronomy 4, 1 through 6 after this. Deuteronomy 4, 1 through 6. Now, 
Hebrew was speaking to Hebrew. Paul now is preaching to the Hebrews, which was the church of God, was dominant Jews at that time. So he's going to say to them, you are come to Mount Zion. Now, Mount Zion was in the Jerusalem at that time. Matter of fact, can't you switch this over to the NLT? I don't have to explain all that. It'll tell you. Mount Zion is Jerusalem. So he's telling them, those people, you are come. See, in the old covenant, they went to not Mount Zion. They, went, they was in the old covenant, Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai is what God gave the law. Mount Zion is what God gave you grace. Now, how do you know that? Because Paul went to that mountain when he got his revelation from God. Okay, here we go. You know you have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God. See, not a physical mountain, but you have come to the city of the living God. You have come to the heavenly Jerusalem. You know, folks are still trying to get back to earth, earth Jerusalem. Did you know that? Because they said the Lord, you know, they show all they moved over Jerusalem because they said this is where the Lord coming back. They're arguing about the temple because, listen, you the temple. See, all that stuff they're going by, earthly, sensual, devilish. Amen. Keep going. No, you have come to Mount Zion. He didn't say you're coming. You in Christ, you, you have arrived. Welcome home. Welcome, welcome. Welcome somebody. Welcome some. You come. You got to know where you come to. You come to the city of the living God. We are the citizens of the most high God right here. Heavenly Jerusalem. Countless thousands of angels in a, in a joyful gathering. So you, I don't know where they at, Pastor. They, they don't, don't. They here. You here. They got to be here. Keep going. You have come to the assembly of God. It's the assembly of God's firstborn children. Good morning. Now, you got to understand, I'm not dummy. I'm speaking from heaven. So you got to understand something. When you go sit up in a ministry, the first thing you want to know is what, where that person speaking from. Because if he is earthly, sensual, and devilish minded, he's speaking from earth. See, God only spoke from earth and heaven. And you need to decide when you're in a ministry, is your pastor getting his message from heaven or he getting them from earth? Because you are not earthly. You sit together in heavenly places in Christ. So if you know that, you can't have an earthly message. Because you heavenly, you are spiritual. Just want to tell you who you are. You have come to an assembly of God's firstborn children whose name are written in heaven. Those were the Old Testament believers. That's what Paul was telling them. You have come to God himself, who is the judge over all things. You have come to. Now remember before he said all that, he said, you have not come. I'm not going back there. He is the spirits of, this is what the spirit of righteous ones would have. You have come to the assembly of, the spirits of the righteous one in heaven, the righteous one in heaven. Back up again. Because if you're righteous now, you are where? 
that I know you're not going to say it. You're going to tell me I'm in heaven. See, that's the whole point. Are you in hell? Which one are you in? I told you, you sit together in heavenly place. The Bible tells, somebody find See, we don't want to acknowledge we sit together in heavenly places. Well, if you're not in heaven, where well, there's only one other place you can be at. No, there's another. You, you can be earth, earthly, or you can be in hell, or you can be in heaven. Now, which one are you in? Amen. You come out now, won't it? I'm here to tell you the truth. See, I'm here to renew your mind. You have come to the assembly of God's firstborn children whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God himself who is the judge of all things. You have come to the spirits of the righteous one in heaven. So if you're righteous, where are you? Yeah. Who have now been made perfect? Have you been made perfect? I said, have you been made perfect? The Bible says you are now perfect and complete in Christ, right? That's what you got to understand. See, the word of God is telling you who you are, not asking you. He's trying to get you to agree with the word. You have come to Jesus. Wait a minute. I thought Jesus was coming to us. That's what people are telling you. Just hold on a little while long. The Lord will be coming. No, no, that ain't what the Bible says. So you need to renew your mind. You are come to Jesus. I thought Jesus was coming to us. See, that's what, that's what you've been thinking. He's talking to the church. He said, you are come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and the people. So if you are already saved, you are already in Christ, you are come to Jesus. Well, I thought he was coming to us. Coming to you for What? You're not going to get this kind of preaching anywhere because people just can't say this. If you're in a traditional denominational church, you lose your license and your job probably. But I have one person over this ministry, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ himself. That's why I'm able to speak the word. I'm able to speak freely. Thank God. Now, I didn't know all this years ago why God was doing this, all the basement all that drama. But now I realize what he wanted to do. He wanted to raise up a church so he could speak to the people freely. You have come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and the people. You have come to the sprinkler, the sprinkled blood, not the blood that's going to be sprinkled. Christ already shed his blood. You have come to the sprinkled blood. Watch this, which speaks... You have come to the sprinkled blood, the blood of Christ, which speaks. What does he speak of? He speaks of forgiveness. And yet people say, well, I don't think he, I don't think he forgave us yet. The blood said he did. I said his blood said he did. In the Old Testament, the blood of Abel spoke, but it spoke revenge, vengeance. Christ's blood speaks, but it speaks forgiveness. Have you heard it? Have you heard the echo? Forgive them, he still said. He spoke forgiveness. His blood speaks of forgiveness. Instead of crying out, there it is. Instead of crying out the vengeance of the blood of Abel, Abel's blood cried out, vengeance. You go back and look at Cain. Cain, they put a mark on Cain. (laughs) 
It was Cain went. Cain said, don't kill me. But God's son, blood, cried out, forgive them. You were forgiven by the blood of Christ. And all you have to do in the new covenant is receive it. Now, in verse 25 is where I've been getting to. He said, be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. Now, I got to hear it real good. So the apostle Paul at that time was the one who is speaking. So he said to the church of God, he said, you be careful that you do not refuse. So that's what they did in Egypt, the fathers, when Moses spoke. When God told Moses, bring all the people around the mountain, and I want to speak to them. They heard God's voice audibly. And yet they did not what he said. So now Paul is warning the church of God, which was dumb with the Jews. He said, you be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. They're looking at Paul like, who does he think he is? Well, he's speaking by the Holy Ghost. That's what my series is called, The Ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost is speaking through Paul. He said, you be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, or they refused to listen to Moses, and guess what? They did not escape. The earthly messenger, Moses was what? Was an earthly messenger. He said, now, if, you, if, they didn't, if they didn't listen to Moses, they didn't escape. Certainly not. You will certainly not escape if you reject the one who speaks, who speaks from heaven. The apostle Paul was letting them know, I'm not speaking from earth. When God gave Moses the message, Moses spake from a mountain, from earth. His feet was on the ground. And God was standing on the ground when he talked to Moses. God was not standing on the ground when he talked to Paul. You go back and look at it. Paul says, he spoke to me from heaven. He said it was brighter than... The Some of y'all read a little bit about this book. He spoke from heaven. He was brighter than the noonday sun. So he said, look, you better be careful when you refuse him that speaketh from heaven. Paul let him know, I didn't get my message from man. Somebody say amen. amen. He said, when God spake from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. Shook the earth. The people said, don't let God talk to us no more. But now he speaks another promise. Once again, remember this what happened 2,000 years ago and people still think it's going to happen today. Now, those people are gone. Church of God was taken out of Revelation chapter 7. Read it sometime. When God spoke from, from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. But now, Paul says 2,000 years ago, he makes another promise. Well, you're not living in the promise now. The promise has been fulfilled. We'll read that. We'll read that in 2 Corinthians 1.20 after this. He says, but now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not the earth only, but I'm going to shake the heavens also. 
Now you got to understand what he meant. You had to be in Israel to know that. Israel was also, the promised land was called the earth and Jerusalem was called the heavens. You have to know that. In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. It was not the moon. <laughs> Physically, Israel was called the moon. This means that all the creation will be shaken. See, that's why they was taken out. All of creation will be shaken and removed. And yet people think it's gonna, still going to happen. It was taken out 2,000 years ago. That's why we have a new heaven and a new earth. But you don't, you, people still think it's a planet. Huh. It's a new Jerusalem. It's a new temple. Uh, this means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable thing will remain. Well, what well, you get to the next verse, let's find out what, what could not have been shaken is still here. If we find out what could not be shaken, it had to still be here. <sighs> Come on. Since we are receiving a kingdom, some of y'all don't know where y'all at. If you save, you got to be in Christ, and Christ is the kingdom. You can't shake. That's why he told you you got to get in Christ. If you're in Christ, I don't care what happens. Heaven and earth going to pass away, but my word never going to pass away. If you're in Christ, you cannot be moved. Somebody say hallelujah. Since we are receiving, they were receiving 2,000 years ago. A kingdom that is unshakable. That's what you in. See, he gave you this in Matthew chapter 7 when he gave you the two foundations. We, we'll look at that. Write all that down. Matthew 7 gave you two foundations. Since we are receiving a kingdom that's unshakable, let us be thankful. And let us please God by worshiping him. Worship, we're going to go to that word. Because worship ain't just stand up with holding hands saying thank you, Jesus. Worship is a lifestyle. When you don't live holy, you don't worship. Not this God I serve. We go to, we go to Romans 12 in the NIT. Put all that in line. See, if you don't live holy, you ain't worshiping God. To live holy is to worship. And you're presenting your body. A living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable, and pleasing unto the Lord. Worship is how you live. Not just, not just sing a song. Somebody say amen. Yeah. That's why I told you this is, this is some of you may feel like this is deep. No, this ain't deep. You can, you're going to wade today. If you can't swim, float. Backstroke, do something. Somebody say amen. Since we are receiving the kingdom, we are, we are, we are. Wait a minute. If we are receiving the kingdom, that means the Lord had to come back to bring the kingdom. See, so you don't get it. Now, I can take you that way if you want to. I can show you when the Lord came back, he's supposed to come back with his kingdom. That's what he told you in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Somebody just find me one verse. Jesus said, uh, Matthew 16, 20, 28, something. Just, just any of them. 
He told you when he returned, he's going to return with the kingdom. So if, 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 we receive, if they receive the kingdom, then Christ had to come. Remember, the Bible was written for us. Although we wasn't there, he had to go and finish the book. So when we read it, we can look back and say, oh, the kingdom came. Jesus told them, pray. You forgot the Bible. I'll have you a little bit. Pray thy what? Kingdom. Thy kingdom come. You tell me it never came. Colossians 1.13 told you, you are translated into the kingdom of God, their son. You need to stop listening to the other folks. The kingdom is not meat and drink, Romans 14, 17. It's righteousness. It's peace. And it's joy in the Holy Ghost. You tell me you're not in the kingdom yet. It's unmovable. It's unshakable. <laughs> I don't care what's going on around it. The kingdom is not moved, and I'm in the kingdom. So you sh I should have got at least some amens or something. If you're in Christ, you're in the kingdom. I'm looking for the verses I asked for. Jesus said he's coming back with his kingdom. You shall see the Son of Man coming with his kingdom. You ain't got none of that verses? I gave you, Matthew, I gave you one, didn't I? Look at Matthew 16, 28. Just give you, I just, just threw you one out there. You ain't never looking. I'm not just talking. This is all I do. For the Son of Man shall come for the Son of Man, verily I say to you, there shall be some standing here. Wait a minute. Brother Lewis, say we were standing there talking to Jesus, and you was, Brother Lewis, you can stand, you can say what yet. But just come on, stand with me, Brother Lewis. And Jesus says, oh, there'll be some standing here, nobody here but Brother Lewis, which shall not taste of death. He's not going to die. Till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Some standing here, but Lewis going to be still here when the kingdom comes. See, that was John at that time. On the Isle of Patmos. You know guy, that guy who wrote the book of John? He said, there's going to be some standing here, John, which shall not taste of death, ain't going to die. John's on the island of Papa, the book of Revelation. He said, I saw it coming. I saw it. He the one gave you the revelation of Jesus Christ. He was on the Mount of Transfiguration when he saw the Christ coming with his kingdom. Oh, Lord. Thank you, Brother Lewis. See, all you got to just hear what the word says. You're getting so much today, I should receive another offer. Now, when I say that, people are begging folks. Begging. Listen. We are not begging folks over here. Amen. I just want you to know that. Amen. We are cheerful givers, Amen. not beggars. Amen. Amen. So don't throw them lies around. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, I showed you about the promise. Remember he said the promise I told you in Hebrew? Here it said all the promises of God in him is yea in him. Amen to the glory of God. I need that in NLT. Just that one verse. All I heard when you said it's, it's, it's Ephesians. That's all I heard. 
six. There you go. Preach, preach to me, Reverend. Here we go. Read it out of the NLT. All of God's promises. This is so good. See, some folks are still telling you, well, you know, the Lord said he's coming again. He just told you, Matthew 16, 28, the Son of Man will come in the kingdom of his Father. He said that. Well, Pastor, that ain't happened yet. Well, let's let's see. All God's promises have been, oh, what is word fulfilled? It's complete. It's finished. All his promises have been fulfilled. And yet folks will sit up in a church where the man will tell you Jesus is still going to come. If he's going to come, if you worship him, Jesus is going to come. You ain't in faith. You in hope. Faith is the substance of things hopeful. You already got what you've been hoping for, brother. Faith is evidence of what you have not seen. You already got it. If you got the faith, you got already the victory. If you got the faith, you're not trying to get nothing. If you got the faith, faith is the evidence of what you've been hoping for. It's the substance and the evidence. And yet people sit up in church and let a man tell you that Jesus is still going to come. We, we wait on the come. Every funeral can tell you the Lord is going to come. Put that man in the ground. Don't worry about him. The Lord is going to come. and going to get him out of the ground. Is that right? The Bible never told you that a believer will go into the ground. It's not in this book. It tells you if you're absent from the body. And that's not when you die. That's when you get saved for real. Because once you're in Christ, you have now become absent. You become absent from the body when you got saved. See, you left Adam, Romans chapter 7. You left Adam and you joined to Christ. If you joined to the Lord, you were one body in Christ. You and the Bible told you in 1 Corinthians 15 and 22 that if I'm in Adam, I'm going to die. But I ain't in Adam. I'm in Christ. In Christ, all is made of. Can you show me that on the screen? 1 Corinthians 15 22. We are confident, I say. And wouldn't it be able to be absent from the body and be present with the Lord? Would that happen, you guys say? 1522, 1 Corinthians 15. Here it says, all the promise of God in Christ, that's in it. We showed that in NLT. But watch what it says in 1 Corinthians 15 and 22. But what happens is, see, when people don't want the word. They want to go to church. They want religion, tradition, but they don't want the word. No. That's what happened with Eve. She just wanted to eat a tree. She didn't care what the kind it was. <laughs> as long as I eat me a tree. What, what am I waiting for? 1 Corinthians 15, 22. 15, 22. Now he who established us with you is Christ and hath, past tense, anointed us is God. Who has, he's already what? That's okay, we're we going we gonna to finish right there. We're going to. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. You're still in chapter 1. 1 Corinthians 15, for as in Adam all die. So if you is not saved, you're an Adam. You're an old man. You're dead. Trespassing sins. But once you get in Christ, you've been made alive. Well, made alive means resurrected. Given eternal life. That happened, you got in Christ. All right, now, anything I got out there right now, we need to go do it. Ephesians 2.6 is put up there. We're going to show you now where we're at now. Isaiah 
No, I just want to get, I don't want the Old Testament. I just want to show me. Ha, ha, ha. Past tense. He has raised us up. Now, now listen to this. Bag up, bag up to verse number four. Now, if Christ has raised me up, why am I still waiting for him to come back? Isn't that what he's supposed to do when he came back? You ask most people, well, they believe they teach you rapture. You go on the phone, you Google it sometimes and say, uh, rapture, and they're going to say, what well, the encyclopedia well, uh, says. Because all they're going to give you is what man already wrote in his book. And if you go get all the books, I can tell you who wrote the books. <laughs> They're the people who've been here always since the first Peter. Some of y'all don't know who, who I'm talking about. Now if I use another name, see, I know what that is. You know who the first Peter? Keep going. That boy right there used to know. Here we go. But God, who's rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, God's love is past him. You did see that, right? Even when we were past him, we were dead in trespassing sin. We were in Adam. He quickened us together with Christ. He raised you from the dead with Christ. By grace, you are saved. Now, I want you to put that same verse right there in the NLT. Oh, good news. Because it doesn't tell you by grace you are saved. It's going to, see, we take the word saved and we think something going on today. No, no, no. This happened 2,000 years ago. Because we was raised together with Christ. Christ didn't rise from the dead last week. But God's mercy is so abundant and his love for us is so great. Verse number five, it says, that while we were spiritually dead in our disobedience, he brought us alive, to, he brought us to life with Christ. Well, when it was Christ brought to life? Now, come on, that's in our heart. Come on, give it to me. When, when did God bring Christ to life? Come on, give it. Uh, no, no, no. When, when, listen to the verse. When did God bring Christ to life? Some of y'all still have a problem with that, don't you? Are you 2,000 years old? Well, Christ in the Bible, what you got now, 2,000 years. Matter of fact, uh, 2031, let me say this, 2030, 2030 will be exactly 2,000 years. You do know that, right? This is a mathematician over here, right? That right, brother? AD 30 and 2030 is 2,000 years. Is that right? And I'm not a mad scholar, but I know this 2,000 years. So 2,000 years ago, Christ was raised from the dead. Am I got anything I'm going about in the world? That while we were spiritually dead in our disobedience, he brought us to life with Christ. It is by grace that you have been saved. Wait a minute. So God already gave everybody a level playing field. He saved everybody. Now, if you don't accept that, it's not his fault. But when Christ died, he didn't just die for Pastor Earl O'Crump. He died for everybody. Amen. Am I right? Amen. When the Bible said died for all. Well, if he died for all, then every man must believe. Because he died for me. 
So if I want to be saved, I got to receive that. In our union with Christ Jesus, he, he raised us up he raised us up with him to do something. He raised us up together to rule with him. He raised me up to rule with him in the heavenly realm. Well, if he raised me up to rule, then what do I supposed to be ruling? That's what we got on the problem at. We think we're supposed to rule over somebody. Go to 2 Corinthians. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. See, we got this thing like I spoke to, look, brother. This is one of my oldest sons here. You might be the oldest son today, huh? Hey. That's my second oldest son right there. Hey, he, hey, he didn't have me to rule over Brother Jeter. Brother Jeffro, did he tell me to rule over you? Let me look at 2 Corinthians 10. See, we don't know what the rule over. We're supposed to rule over something. Hi, bye, 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 bye. We think we're supposed to rule over the devil. No, the devil already defeated. That's why I gave him that altar back. He's already defeated the devil. Jesus Christ ruled over the devil. He's already, you ain't got to rule over the devil. We got to be, <laughs> we got to put our foot on that devil. He ain't tell you to rule over the devil. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God till they're pulling down a what? You're supposed to be taking that word, pulling down strongholds. Strongholds inside your head. Strongholds is in your own mind. They're a religious thing that you've been taught, lies you've been taught from other pastors. You got to get them out. Tradition, religion of men tell you you can be saved by water baptism. That's a stronghold. Casting down every imagination, every high thing, and those things, know what they do? They exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. While I'm ministering the word of God, that that can't be true because you're saved by water. You ain't saved by no water. I started this message off eating the tree. And it shows you that you can say when you eat the tree of life. And with one tree in that garden, you can give you life. One. You doesn't, you're gonna die. That's what happened to Eve. And yet people tell you, oh, you're gonna be baptized in Jesus' name. See, you 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 believe in a lie. And people don't want to stand up for the truth. In the old testament, during the days of Peter, James, and John, to stand up for the truth means you had to believe on Jesus Christ as the Son of God or you had your neck cut off. You said you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God, they cut your head off. You read the book of Revelation, those people's heads were cut off. In the new covenant, you die, but you die by modifying the deeds of the flesh. All the things that's going on in your life that's not right with God, you got to put them under. You got to modify. You got to kill them. Have their funeral. Get over it. Either you control them or they're going to control you. If you live by the flesh, you're going to die. Or by the spirit, if you modify the deeds of the flesh, you're going to live. So you tell me whether you want to live or die. If you let these things keep going in your life, they're going to bring you down. You're going to die. Ain't going to die early. But if you modify those things, put them to death, then you're going to live. So I chose not to let the thing kill me. I'm taking them out. And every time God ever showed me any of them in my life, I said, you got to go. Either me or you. 
When I read that pack and it said cigarettes kill you, I'm going like, you ain't killing me. You out of here, bro. No, you're not killing me. Marijuana, you ain't killing me. See, I'm about to leave it alone. See, I ain't got no, I got down. I got down to no audience at all. Did I finish everything? Casting down imagination. That's what you casting down. It's those imagination things, thoughts that are trying to come in your mind. Man, I mess around. I put my phone on, and it was, you know how you play a message or something, after a while it goes on to something else if you don't keep control of it? Or you got your TV on, and you think you're playing one thing, and you go back and there's something else playing? Man, I got a song in my head, and I'm going like, oh, my God. If you don't get them out of your head, you, they, they'll dominate you. Here I am going down through the, I'm the only one did this, so I'm going to use myself. I'm going down through the highway, and here I am preaching, and I'm going grooving. That's what they're playing on the sound system. On a Sunday afternoon. Hey, hey, some of y'all know, baby. Some of y'all got a little, some of y'all got a little age on y'all. And here I've got my little cart going down. I'm just grooving. I know if anybody seen that. Right, what you doing? Oh, okay, okay. Come on, my time is up. I'm gonna stop right there. Thank God for His grace. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.